Hey, this is Stacy Nelkin from Halloween 3. You're listening to the Alone in the Dark podcast. Have fun. Party podcast, party people. It's Maddie <laughs> from the Alone in the Dark podcast. This is episode 42, and it's been a long enough, hasn't it? It's been a while, Maddie. We kind of disappeared after Halloween, right? We disappeared. I don't know what happened to us. <laughs> I think we just got caught in the uh, the, the busyness of, of Thanksgiving and, and November and all that good stuff. Right? I don't know, man. I, 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 helped, I, I helped a guy with a couch then through the back of his van, and he asked me if I was a size 14, and next thing I knew, it was fucking December. I just woke up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so here we are. We are here. And we are intact. We are here, Maddie. And I'm excited, man, to be back. And we're in the podcast room. We are. This is a rare thing. I know. For us to be together. And we're streaming live on Facebook. You know, I thought I could stream live on Facebook and YouTube, but I was wrong. So I actually made the choice to go to Facebook. So people, hopefully, that were on YouTube looking for us are hopefully jumping to Facebook and finding a streaming live there. But yeah, we're, we're often wrong, so uh, that's, that's perfectly okay. I'm always wrong, man. You know, I could think back to uh, when we did episode 31, I believe it was 31, it was the scenes that scared us, that gave us nightmares, and I, um, I had quoted that John Borman directed Frank Langella's Dracula. It's actually John Badham, so oh. I, I just want to kind of make that little re- little repair. Correction. Right yeah, there are probably several of them, but that's just one that's been sticking in my head for a yeah. long time. I, I, I mess directors up, so I uh, mm-hmm. want to make that right. Oh, I mess things up all the time. <laughs> like we always say, we're not we're not know-it-alls, and we're not perfect, right, man? No, Maddie? not at all. No. We, are, we are cinephiles, though, so I want to make sure we kind of get as much information as we can correct. Yes, that's true. It is true, but I'm so excited, man. This is going to be a fun one. Um, you pitched me this idea of doing this podcast, uh, when was that? Back in the summer, maybe? Or? Yeah, like, like probably the beginning of fall. And I was so excited to do it. So we're finally here right before before Christmas. You know, we just passed Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to any Jewish folks out there that are uh, listening. And uh, Merry Christmas and all the other happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa, happy everything that you yeah, guys are Yeah, happy, happy, right all that good stuff. So Matt, since we've been away, have you, uh, I know we've both been really busy and really haven't had a chance to watch much, but... If you, if you believe it, like you'd think we'd come back after two months and we have all We'd this. have, yeah, we'd have like 20 films to talk about. Not at all. What, anything at all? Right, all? I, I, I did watch The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Okay, yeah, that's, I let's hear about that. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I haven't been this frightened by something in a long time. I mean, as an adult, I found myself... You know, because I watched things in my basement. I found myself really leaving the light on until I got to the top of the stairs and then flicking it off. Like, I could not even turn it off and walk up the stairs. It's, I, I remember was, you telling really me that. It was. It was haunt. I'll tell you what. It's called The Haunting of Hill House, and there is so little gore or any of that in it. But I tell you, man, Mike Flanagan, that guy, he's, he is just talented, on right? a roll. I mean, I watched Hush recently, too, fairly mm. recently, and I was so impressed by oh, it. so simple, The right? simplicity of it, but... But how, again, how effective yeah. in, a, in a small location and a single, you know, it, just, I love it, it. was staggering. How, love it. But Hill House is, 
is a masterpiece. I know you said that. And I, I started watching the first episode, and I think I fell asleep, and then uh, something happened. I just didn't pick it back up, but I really uh, got to get into it. Carla you know? Gugino or Gugino, whatever. Yeah, she's she is, great. She's just, I mean, from Gerald's game to this, I mean, mm-hmm. somebody give this woman some kind of award. She's super talented. She's so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just so effectively. It's so scary, and the way it's out of order, and you kind of learn and circle back the things that you saw earlier okay. and, they, and, and they put it in context. It jumps back in time, right? Is it, that how it, it works? It does, yes. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's so, so well done. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Good one. Yeah, I gotta. I definitely got to pick that up. Probably over the holidays when the kids are off and I get some time, I'll maybe put it on, you know? You should. It's an yeah. old-fashioned gothic scary piece. Yeah, it sounds it. like it's a real atmosphere kind of a series, you know? Definitely. Which is cool. Awesome. Anything else? Well, I said this. I kind of did Hush and Haunting of Hill House, which is yeah. kind of a big. I took a big. I loved break. Hush, man. I thought it was yeah. so simple and Fantastic. one of those ideas that you're like, why didn't I think of that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was so so great. Yeah. yeah so what do you have? Um, you know, it's funny. I I'm not big into Christmas horror. I, I think I've said that before in the podcast. But when I was out, I was recently out in Bend, Oregon, where the last blockbuster video is. Yes. Uh, which was really cool. Um, if anyone lives out west and has a chance to go to Bend, it's a really cool town, uh, you know, by itself. Right. But there is the last remaining blockbuster video that is open that you can go in. Um, so while I was there, I, ha- I had to buy something. Did you get a membership? No, but um, my my sister in law did because she she lives right there. Right. So I was like, why won't you? Wouldn't you have a membership? Membership. So she did. Good. Um, so they'll be renting movies from there, but. I had to buy stuff, so I bought a couple films, and one of them was uh, Better Watch Out, which is sitting over there because I started it uh, yes. before you came over. And um, from what I've seen already, I've watched probably half of it. It's really, really cool. It's just one of those fun uh, roller coaster action sort of horror films, you know, where these kids are like trapped in the house, and yeah. the younger kid uh, is in love with his babysitter. Um, she's like a cute older girl that's a couple years older and he's like trying to, and then he has the goofy friend that shows up, you know, like kind of his nerdy friend. Um, it just has that kind of like nostalgic eighties kind of vibe. Yeah, don't make and him it like that totally reminded me of what's his name? Mick G's, um, Mick G's the babysitter. the babysitter, which is on Netflix, which I know you haven't seen. I haven't. And you got to watch that like as soon as you can, cause that is such a fun movie. You know what I mean? Another great, uh, that's more of like a satanic kind of thing, but super fun. Is and it, it's got once, a lot of heart. Once it's on Netflix, is it, I mean, does it, they wipe it off? I mean, Maybe. No, well, that one I think was made for Netflix, okay. so I don't think that one will ever leave. Right. Um, but I know Better Watch Out was on Netflix, and now it's gone. And uh, maybe on, but they usually jump around. Like if yeah. once it's done on Netflix, then it's on Amazon or something. You I know have what I mean? Nothing but Netflix and cable. So yeah, I know, which is there's, cool. There's no Hulu for me. There's no Amazon yeah. Prime. I don't have that stuff either. Yeah. I you know I've had it in the past to watch certain things. But um, one thing I wanted to mention to you, and I know we've talked about it, and I, I bet you a lot of our listeners know about it, is the Scream TV series, which you had never seen. Uh, I still haven't. And it's it's on Netflix, both season one and two. So that's, I think you, you got to sneak in the babysitter and you got to start watching Scream. I will because, dive in, yeah. Because um, at first I was, you know, when I watched it a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, it's pretty good, you know. Um, it's 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 not great, you know, and then all of a sudden you start getting into these characters and you fall in love with all of them. And by like the third or fourth episode of season one, you're like hooked. You know wow. what I mean? So I really want you to watch Scream, the TV series, because I think you're going to love it I with will. our love of the movies. You know what I mean? Of course. It's you have to. It's like part of the franchise. So, all right. You know? Yeah. So definitely check that out. I definitely will. Yeah. So. Um, so, Matt, what's uh, what's the uh, title of tonight's podcast? I think I put something out there that we we sort of were talking about different titles and stuff. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually uh, the title eludes me at the moment, but it's it's the naughty uh, naughty people of horror, naughty folks. Santa's horror naughty list or something Sorry, like that. Yeah, Santa's yeah. horror. Yes, something <laughs> along those lines. So here's the, the conceit was this, and I, I pitched this to Mike, like I said, a couple of months ago. I thought instead of just having a, a holiday themed episode or you know best Christmas horror or you know let's do a black uh, black Christmas mm-hmm. uh, commentary or something. That would be fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, we love Black Christmas. I love Silent Night. I know you're not a big holiday, but I love those kind of films. Right, right. Um, I just thought it was too generic. Yeah. I, I thought, what else could we do that's kind of different? So I thought, why don't we, you know, I've been wanting for a long time to talk about kind of like the bad folks of yeah. horror. You the know, bad characters. The bad characters yeah. of yeah. horror. And I thought, what better way, you know, than you find out, you know, he's making a list, he's checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty. <laughs> not nice. We're going to find out tonight who's naughty. Yes. And not only are we going to say why that person deserves to be on this list. Why are they naughty? Mm-hmm. We're going to choose a favorite quote from that character. Yes. And we're also going to give them a gift. Oh, I didn't choose a quote. See, I, okay. I, I missed that. That's I just okay. have a present. That's all I good. didn't do the quote, Maddie. That's all good. I, you, I missed that one on so you. So if you think... No, that's okay. Because if you think of any, or if we think of any, then we'll, right. then we'll throw them in there. Okay. But... Uh, mm. We're all we're this. This is the beauty of this podcast. Regardless, we're going to have fun. We are going to have a yes. ball. This should be a fun one. I'm, yes. I'm really looking forward to this. No, me too, for sure. Um, so, so we're gonna so we're gonna do. I'm sorry. So we're gonna do a top. Uh, we're gonna do our a top ten uh, naughty list. But in mine, is it really in order? Is that okay? Mine isn't. Either. It's just ten. You know what I mean? It's I just, just pick ten. 10. It's exactly. not like you know. It's not like ten through one and one's no, the best. We're not counting you know I mean? down. Yeah. exactly. Just so that that's very good to make that clear because yes, not, we're just pick ten and they're they're in some random uh-huh. order. Here they go. Um, right. Before we start, I'd love to just mention that you know we've gotten some great reviews on uh, iTunes. Um, you were up right about a hundred reviews too. Yes, we need yes. to get over that hump. Remember you said by the end of December. Yeah, let me pull it up because I'd really like to read uh, our latest review. Just pick one, but you know, just so you guys know, I know we've talked about this and we've you know we've said it so many times, but the the more ratings we have or reviews we have. Um, the, the easier we are to find on iTunes for podcasts. So if someone searches horror podcasts, they will be able to, uh, find us, you know what I mean? A lot easier. Right. More readily. Search yes. that. Yeah. Yep. So it's really important if you guys could review us. Um, yeah, we're at 99, dude. Oh, oh my God. Wow. Somebody go on there right now and review us, please. Cause it literally takes, if you just type the five star, which you can, that literally takes like two seconds. Just so swipe your finger across. Just right? do that. But if you can write us a review, we'd love to see what you say. You know what I mean? Cause, um, we love reading and, you know, reading from you guys and seeing that you're, you're really, uh, listening, you know, and checking us out. Yeah. And I see people put some really specific things on there. It's so touching. It's so great. Yes. So let's see. I have one. Did we read this one from Halloween Mom 31 from October 1st? I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to read it. Um, it says, you won't be disappointed from Halloween Mom 31. This podcast is awesome. The hosts are knowledgeable and down to earth. There's always a feeling of nostalgia with these guys, which I love. I've been a fan for a long time and can't wait to see what's next. Oh, it's from, uh, it's from Allison. It's from Ava Ruby Mom. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Thank I guess you, her, Allison. Yeah, that's so nice, Allison. I appreciate that. Um, so anyway, guys, if you could take a second, you know, pause this podcast, just go on the podcast app and uh, give us a rating. It really, really helps us. We're at 99. Like, you know, to break 100 would be great and to even get further, you know, which would be awesome. And if you're sitting there saying, why am I going to waste my time on guys that, that, that pop in and out every two months and don't give me any love? <laughs> Listen. 
every time you listen to us, we promise that at the very least it's going to be worth your time to listen no, to us. Trust us. We we you know we think long we and take hard. A lot of care on this. Yeah, Matt this. Matt and I have a lot of conversations about ways to do podcasts about horror that are unique and different. You know, and I feel like you know our true fans hopefully appreciate all the podcasts kind of fun that we've done like our last one the WDARK radio where we sort yes. of paid a tribute to uh, WNUF and we did sort of like a radio you know drama broadcast yep. um, so I hope you guys appreciate those because that's the kind of stuff we love slipping in there besides doing these sort of you know just general talking about horror we try to put a little twist on it to make it you know different for you guys for sure <clears throat> man. so thank you guys for all the support we really appreciate it so Matt you excited to get into this let's get into this man all right let's, let's get the sleigh it. bells out and uh, start our list who's gonna go first I'm dreaming of a black <laughs> Christmas <laughs> uh, that's not actually on my list uh, I just it's a great movie though that's like actually one of the one Christmas horror movies that I do enjoy yes. um which I actually have to own. I don't own it. Oh, I, I got to buy it. You got to buy Scream Factory's version. It's yeah. fantastic. I got to get it for sure. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so who's going? All right, I'm going to lead, I guess. All right, go so for it. So I'm going to go, and we're going to find out who's naughty right off the list. Um, I tried to balance this as much as I could and really kind of not make it like the most obvious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the same time, I, I these are my obvious to me, which that's why nobody else is me. Right. It's, it's bizarre, the list I have. However... Uh, my first person, the who is, it's Annie Wilkes as played by oh. Kathy Bates in Misery 1990. Oh my gosh. Now, why? Why Annie Wilkes? Well, well, she's a neighborly nurse and she's providing novril and nourishment to a nearly dead Paul Sheldon. Nice, right? Very, very holiday-like, giving. Uh, Tis the season. She feeds, she medicates, she nurtures and hobbles her favorite author. <laughs> she loves misery. She causes lots of it. She's a romantic, and her love for misery knows no bounds. She, uh, and, and back in, in audiences back in 1990, especially me and my terrified mother who went with me. I've said this on the podcast yeah. before. You <laughs> what know, a great she, film to see with your mom. <laughs> she feels all oogie, and, and she's the quintessential cock duty domestic psychopath. Um, my favorite quote, believe it or not, and some, you know, so I tried to find some, I, I really have some favorites, and, you know, to get into why is interesting. Some of these are kind of, you know, a little bit more of, of the darkly comic or funny variety. Mm-hmm. And some of these I just think are just beautifully written lines. Um, this is one of the, the latter. This is one of the ones I just think. Um, William Goldman, I believe, is the guy who wrote the screenplay. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. A lot of classic films he wrote. And he actually, um, later on in his career, did Misery. Um, and she, it's the part where it's kind of like in the middle, heading toward the climax. And she comes in. She sits on his bed and she's like, I, I know you don't love me. You know, I, don't say you do. You're a beautiful, brilliant, and famous man of the world, and I'm, well, not a movie star type. You'll never know the fear of losing someone like you if you're someone like me. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. <laughs> That's some evil shit. <laughs> I mean, it's gorgeous and beautiful. I know. But, but you know it's com- who it's coming from? Yeah. It is terrifying it is. and chilling. Yeah. All the more. Mm-hmm. And I just got goosebumps even just reading that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that when I don't know when William Goldman wrote that or when Kathy Bates said that. I'm a, that I mean, I I literally think she almost got an Oscar based on that, that line. Right, right. Because right. first of all, she's kind of – she's big in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, she chews scenery. She, this is such a subdued, smaller moment, but it's just – it's staggering. It's how creepy it is and how beautiful it is. Yeah, and her performance is unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. So, so what does she get? I need to – yeah, she. I mean, basically, think about it. She's bearing her soul in that moment, and right. she's also telling you how far, too far gone she is. Like, I'm. I can't let you leave ever. Right. You'll <laughs> never know. I can't let. There's no way I'm losing you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm so in that in that event that you know she doesn't want to lose Paul. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get Annie a plaster cast of Paul Sheldon's penis as first of all. <laughs> so at least she'll always have a piece of Paul with her. You know, I figured maybe it's the best piece. I don't know. Um, and some monogrammed toilet paper. I'm sorry. And I'm also. <laughs> I'm also going to get her some monogrammed toilet paper etched with Misery Chastain's name. I figure she's always obsessing about cock and duty, so really the the perfect combo gift. Take care of the cock and the duty. Oh, my god! So there it is. Oh, that's great, Maddie. That's a good one, dude. I like it. That's my first. All right. Cool. Mine is – I think I surprised you with this one, Maddie, because, you know, this is one of those movies that um, I really, really, you know, always forget about. But I really love it. From 2001, the, the film Silent House. Oh, yeah. With Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like her big, right? She did her breakthrough, some, really. Yeah, it was like her kind of her solo breakthrough. Yep. But um, I just love this movie. And I love, you know, you know, you and I have always said we're huge fans of Hitchcock. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a, a husband and wife team that wrote and directed this. And they kind of wanted to do it all in that sort of endless camera kind of one shot yes. kind of feel, yep. which is really cool. You really feel like kind ropish. of ropish. Yeah, very yep. ropish. And you yep. just feel claustrophobic, and you always feel like you're in the room, and the camera's always moving and yep. turning, and and you're walking with the characters, basically unsuspecting as well as yes, yep. yeah. So it was really hard to orchestrate, you know, as as a director, you know, for for them. Um, but anyway, so my, you know, you watch this movie, and this is definitely a spoiler, you know, episode because there's gonna be a lot of, you know, a lot of the films that I pick definitely, um, especially this one that I, I feel like some people haven't seen. Yeah. Um, my my person that I chose kind of. Gives away the ending, so uh, just so you guys know, it's it's getting there right now. Spoiler alert, everyone. Yeah, so Silent House. Um, so Elizabeth Olsen's her dad, John. Okay, is my pick um, because uh, you know he <laughs> you <laughs> he is the dirtiest, most disgusting dad. <laughs> you know, I think you know. There's probably been some dads that are worse in film, but when you get to the end of this film and you realize what what him and Elizabeth Olsen's uncle were doing and had been doing to her since she was a little girl. You've right. never wanted someone to die so bad. <laughs> it's in Father's your... Day, Bedelia. Oh, I want my, I want my cake. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he is a huge villain in this this film besides the uncle, but, you know, he takes the cake, like you said, you know? Yeah. Um, so you just you just hate this guy more than anything in the world, you know. When you know you just remember the room like down in the basement, oh, yeah. he's just having all the flashbacks yeah, and that's that's way oh it's god, it's out. so messed up. It's yeah. such a crazy movie. But if people haven't seen it in a while, like I haven't, it's cool. It's a it's kind of a fun, it's a cool find. Yeah, you know? it definitely is, and it's got a cool feel, and it's definitely spooky, you yeah. know. And I love the twist at the end and the kind of the mystery of it all, you yeah. know, where she thinks she's seeing things, right. and you kind of find out that she's sort of, it you is know, very cool. Yeah, it's very psychological, yes. and yeah, it's and I love the location that it's house. A little is bit really like cool. identity mm-hmm. almost with John Cusack. Yes, it has yes. that vibe to it. All. Totally has that. Not vibe. not stylistically or no, but it, it the or aesthetically, yeah, just story wise, yes. it's got you know, a lot of twists and turns like it. So it's definitely a good rewatch, and it's definitely. A go a good first watch you know yeah so uh john is a big asshole dad you know so um so for christmas um so you know butt plugs is it asshole what you, no 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 on amazon i found a book uh that's perfect <laughs> perfect for him that he really needs to read like asap uh... it might be too late at this point because elizabeth olsen is a lot older the character her character is you know old now right um i think he missed the boat but if he ever gets remarried or gets other kids he might want to read this first if he has another sure. daughter so the book i found is actually called um be the dad she needs you to be (laughs) 
the incredible imprint on a father leaves on his daughter. Oh my god! Because he left an imprint on Elizabeth Olsen in more and than it, one way, oh, and, and it wasn't a good good thing. So you know, oh, so Mike. fuck you, John. You're an asshole for treating your daughter that way and doing the things that you did. Here's to John. Yeah, going here's down. to John. So John, get that book ASAP and read. We it. just clinked glasses, by the way. Clink. Yeah, I'll have to put in a sound effect or something. That's beautiful that you went on Amazon and found that appropriate of a book. I love I, that. I literally typed, like, how to be a better father, and that was the first <laughs> one that came up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. I think I have to read that book as well. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. All right, Matt, so what's your second Check pick? Check your ego at the door here on a Lone Dark Podcast. <laughs> uh, some, uh, some disclosures coming out on air here. Uh, <laughs> um, so my number two, the wonderfully wacky... And spirited stuntman Mike from Death Proof. Oh, yes. We just talked about him recently, too, didn't we? I'll tell you. Kurt Russell, <laughs> there's nobody else in the world that I would rather ever <laughs> gone from Disney to stuntman Mike. Oh, my God. And now he's like he's like in a Christmas movie on Netflix. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, this this guy can do it all. I, love I mean, him, if you think of the, 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 of the range of this man's work from Overboard to Christmas movie, to, to, the, to the thing, to Stuntman Mike. This guy uh, has done it all. Okay? So great. He really has. And, and Miracle, Disney. I mean, he, this guy's done it all. So the way he greedily and messily slurps up this huge batch of nachos, which is like your introduction to his character, as an appetizer to the ultimate main course, which is the murder of several unsuspecting human beings, albeit women. <laughs> um, he is heavily misogynistic yes. uh, and targets women. Um, specifically ones with nice feet, I guess, because Quentin Tarantino does have that foot fetish that he includes in every one of his films. Um, this dude is bad, okay? He's broken. He's scarred. He's literally hungry for murder. Yes. So I, th- I believe that scene, like a Hitchcockian beginning, Tarantino has him gobbling up because he's literally mm-hmm. starving to yeah. kill someone. He's that yeah. kind of a dude, Okay. This odd character couldn't have been put over by anyone as well as Kurt Russell. I really believe that. Um, what a performance. It's it's like the odd, horrifying, and hilarious all at the, t- all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it's unique in the overall pantheon of cinematic weirdos. It really is. He kind of makes it his own in a way that no other character is this this odd and weird and, and fun, really. Believe it or not. Even though he's a, he's totally an asshole. Yeah. Um, my favorite quote from this movie, and god damn it hits you like a freaking ton of bricks. He's got Rose McGowan. He's giving her a ride home. And he starts off by saying, so which way are you going, Pam? He does that whole thing. And she's like, oh, I'm going right. And she goes, he goes, well, that's too bad. Because <laughs> if you were going left, I'm going left. And it would have been quite a while before you're getting scared. But I guess you're going to have to start getting scared immediately. Oh I love gosh, that. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But then he goes, up. but then he's, he has her. And then he starts driving. He goes, he stops and he goes, hey, Pam, remember when I said this car was death proof? Well, that wasn't a lie. This car is 100% death proof. Only to get the benefit of it, honey, you really got to be sitting in my seat. And then you know she's so screwed. Oh, my gosh. And it's chilling, that line. And the way he just guns the engine. Yes. And he presses on the brake. And then her her forehead and face and nose just... I mean, you know, it's just just brain... Yes. Bone just goes right back into her brain. It's It's just... Holy crap. So um, I really didn't know what to get Stuntman Mike. Because he pretty much has everything. I Mm -hmm. mean, an indestructible car. He's got a cool jacket. I thought I would just get him some extra sour cream and napkins uh, since he's just such a messy eater, you know? So when he, when he sits down well, to have those nachos, nachos <laughs> I figure just clean it up, Mike, you know? That's Be presentable. Awesome. Um, Good stuff, dude. All right. That's my... Uh, awesome. I like that pick. Um, all right. So my second pick is um, from a movie that Matt and I really, really love. And we were dying, waiting for this movie to come out on Blu-ray. Yes. And it's April Fool's Day. Oh, my goodness. How is this not out yet? I know. Paramount. It's tied up in, in it's, short. Yeah, I guess. It's such a shame, right, though, right? So it's yeah, such it a great be. movie. But anyway. It's so much fun. <clears throat> April Fool's Day. Uh, Buffy, 
Buffy. Yes. Uh, who sort of orchestrates this whole weekend with her friends, yep. you know? Uh, you know, and spoiler alert, the, the whole movie is an April Fool's Day joke, so just in case anybody... Yeah, turn it off if you didn't want to, you know... Yeah, well, I just spoiled Just it, from so. now, I'm just saying from now on, <laughs> if you really want to go watch some of these films yeah. first. Well, April Fool's Day is a gem, right? It's like it is. It's such a special thing, but... So Buffy, you know, throughout this whole film, she kind of sets up these April Fool's Day jokes on all her friends. Right. Um, and, you know, this is pretty messed up stuff, and my favorite, it, my favorite that is the worst, is the one girl's pregnant, I yes. forget her name, and she has, like, baby noises playing in her room because she knows she's pregnant and nobody else knows. Dude, it's so messed it up. It is so bizarre. So evil, up. right? It is. Unbelievably evil. Um, but it, it's such a great movie with twists and turns and, you know... It's uh, so much fun. It is such a fun thing. And it's like, it's such a great, like, one location kind of film. It is. Uh, to me, it's it's like Hell Night, but a little more fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I agree with and that. And I like Hell Night a lot. But. I do too. But yeah, April Fool's Day, something about it. I think the characters and the, you know, the uh, the, the interplay between all of them. It and, has a little more sheen and spit polish to it too. It's, it's a Paramount film. Sean Cunningham produced it. Yes. You know, it has a little bit more of that. And it's got like a slasher kind of vibe yeah, to it. it you does. know what I mean? It's it got does. like an 80s slasher vibe. So yes. it's definitely enjoyable. But anyway, so, so Buffy. Uh, Buffy for playing these tricks to everyone, you know, she deserves to be, uh, our, the villain of this film. Um, and for Buffy, I wanted to get her at the beginning of the film. She is seen playing with the Jack in the box. Right. Um, and then, you know, that Jack in the box is in her basement, I guess, or whatever. But I just thought, let's get her another Jack in the box. She seems to really enjoy, the, enjoy oh, those. So maybe we'll, she can have the one from the guy from uh, the house in Sorority Row, the one he has up in the attic. Yes, that's right. I forgot there was a Jack in the that's box. A cool, that's, a, yeah. that's a cool gift, though. I like that. There you go. So, yeah, Buffy, you get a new Jack in the box, okay, for uh, for the holidays. So She's a jerk. So maybe she gets a jerk in the box. Yeah, that's what she Imagine needs. Imagine they're still her friends after that movie. I don't know. I don't know how they That's good, be. man. I love that pick, too. I, that, that's a really, I love that you, movie. you have to discover April Fool's Day. You really do. It's such a great movie movie and it's a good movie to watch on april fool's day all right there you go so all right cool an april uh, film habit that's it that you can develop yes totally so now you have the fog and april fool's day that you can watch it. in april yes there that's two there you go all right so the next one moving right along mm-hmm. here uh, staying in the 80s actually the next year 87 um jerry blake jerry blake is played by terry o'quinn in the 87 film the stepfather mm. anybody that hasn't seen the stepfather go watch it right now <laughs> and turn this off okay <laughs> But if you have seen it, why, Jerry, in between these grandiose fits of rage and virtuosic scene chewing, like to, to the degree you've never seen before. I mean, he is yelling and screaming. He is a real head case. Uh, but he is not subtle. Um, uh, Blake's just really a family man. Um, he goes from family to family and kills them and finds another family. <laughs> uh, he's a serial killer who beats doctors to death with a two-by-four, um, viciously stabs people to death. Sure. But ultimately... He's a family man. You know, he's a man with a pitch dark past and ghosts haunting his muddled mental mind. <laughs> so the quote is really interesting. They're having this neighborly party and he's sitting there with the other dads of the neighborhood and they're ha ha haing, and they got their drinks and the one guy passes a newspaper and obviously the newspaper is alluding to some story that, of course, Jerry was a part of. Right. And you don't know that at the time, really, necessarily. But, the, you know, the, the neighbor's chatting, and he's like, oh, what does it take to make a guy turn his family into burgers, you know? And he's joking around, and it's ha-ha-ha, and it's and Jerry just has this blank look on his face, and he's like, maybe they disappointed him really subtly. And it's so haunting in that moment, because for him, who I'm telling you, the half this movie, he's yelling and screaming at people. Like, at, at, at he's at a 10. In this, in this scene, just the same way Annie Wilkes, mm-hmm. he's at a 1. Yeah. And he's just like, 
maybe they disappoint him. He's obviously speaking from his own mind. Right. This is how he feels. Yeah, yes. You don't know it at the time because he's talking in third person about a news article. But of course, if you're privy to what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, hey, Jerry's talking about himself. Yes. But nobody else knows. Because serial killers want to get to, they want to get caught, right? Yep. This is his moment, right? This is his I want to get caught moment, but nobody picks up on it. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really cool. So I'm going to give, um, I'm going to give Jerry beyond, you know, psychotherapeutic interventions. He's so far beyond that. So I thought maybe I'd give him some medical marijuana, help take the edge off a little bit. <laughs> um, also for those special times when Jerry or whomever he's passing himself off to be at that moment, every time he does kind of fly off the handle in a frenzied rage, I'm going to give him a heavy bag. I'm going to buy him one of those big heavy bags. Mm-hmm. He could sit there and he could pound the shit out of it and, and take off, you know, maybe, maybe take off some of that psycho steam and, and not take it out on new unsuspecting innocent families. <laughs> That's so a good there you one. Go, Jerry Blake. <laughs> father. I like it. I like it, Manny. I like it. Um, all right, my next pick, my third pick here is from one of our another one of our favorites, Maddie Christine. Oh, yes. So, who who can, is the biggest who's the biggest villain in this in this film, Maddie? Besides only, Christine. I could only. You know, and it's so funny because I always miss I always call him Buddy Revel, which is the guy from 3 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, High, that's but right. Buddy Repperton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But they're like synonymous. It's like yes, that buddy. they pretty much the same guy. They almost look alike, right? It's so and, funny. And that movie's like the same year, too. It's I know. Crazy. Isn't that... That's just wacky. Well, buddy. actually, no. Christine came a couple years before. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it did. But Buddy Repperton. Yeah, so... So, buddy, you know, poor buddy, all he wanted us to do was, you know, bully his fellow peers in school. And, you know, he gets shit from the, the shop teacher and <laughs> he pulled, fuck. <laughs> Try it. I, I love that scene when he uh, slams his hand on the on the garage door. Um, and I love his fr- what's his the one friend that grabs grabs what's his name by the balls? Oh, my God, Moochie. <laughs> Moochie grabs Moochie's him by the nuts. He grabs him by the nuts. Dude, that's such like, as a guy, that's like the worst thing you can do, right? If you, When you were growing up, has that ever happened to you where someone kicked you in the balls or grabbed oh, yeah. you in the nuts and squeezed real hard? No, no, I'm not grabbed and squeezed. No. I had that happen to me once, no, dude. No, but kicked like with a soccer ball. Yeah. Or, no, I got oh. I got a grab and squeeze once, dude. Are you joking? Oh, dude, I, I think I threw up. It was the oh. worst pain I've ever felt in my life. It was awful. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, So Buddy buddy is our, is our you know, is our key. And he has one of the greatest kills ever. You know, that, that whole shit shot of him running down the road oh, with the fire and just oh runs up. oh it just keeps going dude it's such a great scene it's it so cool when we saw john carpenter right he didn't they have that playing in the they background? did that yeah. whole scene with the yeah, fire yeah which was so awesome yeah oh buddy i think they did that again when i saw it with steven and blaze too when i saw john <laughs> um but uh so anyway so buddy obviously everyone who's seen christine knows buddy's you know this this huge asshole you know he's a, he's a prick um, but what does Buddy need, Maddie? What is what are we going to give Buddy for Christmas? His own lunch? No, not his own lunch. What did he, what does he lose in that scene? Uh, his oh, his knife. He loses his switchblade. Yes, so he does. The gym teacher takes it away. So Buddy needs another switchblade. So okay. we're gonna, we're, I'm going to give Buddy a switchblade so he can continue that nice terrorizing. Yeah, so streak he, can, he, has. he can cut more yogurt, you know, in 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 lunch bags and have a drip on the How floor. How come I don't see your name? Where's your name? Why doesn't it say? Cunting him. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. It's great. I, I, that's awesome. So you're going to give him another switchblade? Yeah, we'll give him a switchblade. All right. Yeah, he Merry does, Christmas, buddy. He does need that. Mm-hmm. Um, if he could come out of that fire and <laughs> throw some of that dust, some of that ash. I don't know if he ever is, but if he did, we would give that to him. Okay. Well, that's. I love that pick, obviously. Great pick. Yeah. And anybody who hasn't seen Christine, shame oh, on you. I know. It's the best. Um, it's so good. And as well as the next film, um, if you haven't seen this. So the next film, uh, the next character we're going to be talking about um, if you don't know who she is, they're all going to laugh at you. Laugh at you. <laughs> um, shame on you, like I said. Okay? This is Margaret White. Margaret White, played by Piper Laurie in 1976, is, the, is Carrie. Um, why her? Oh, my God. Let me count the ways. 
Her fervent religious beliefs and very presence inspire fear and discomfort in others. Okay, you need a, you need a, an example here. Her opening line as she stands outside and stalks um, and spreads the gospel of God's salvation through Christ's blood. How freaking <laughs> freaky is that? Mrs. Snell, who's Sue's mom, um, she shows up at her Margaret shows up at her door. She's so uncomfortable. She literally pays Margaret White ten dollars just so she'll leave her house. Just I'm going to donate ten, five. No, no, ten. Take ten. And Margaret just gives her this look and goes, "Okay." Puts it and takes her little her little box, which obviously she accepts donations. Mm-hmm. She takes the little box out. She files the ten bucks in it, and then she leaves, kind of like giving giving um, um, Mrs. Snell some dirty looks. Uh, godless times call for staunch faith, Mike, and faith through fear is how Margaret White obviously has raised Carrie. Yes. Faith through fear, right? Yeah. Uh, everything down to, you know, prom corsage is, is some kind of manifestation of pure sin to this woman, right? I mean, to Margaret White, prayer and penance, you know, it's all there is. And, and by failing to see Carrie as a real person, she doesn't mm-hmm. even see Carrie as a real person. She's not a real flesh and blood human being. She, she fans the flames of tragedy. So uh, parents should be the strongest advocates for their children, not view them as walking examples of pure sin. That's, the way, that's what I think. Um, and set out to destroy them, which is what Margaret White does. She sets out to destroy her daughter. Um, I don't imagine she cares all of that much for Christmas songs either, Mike, like Joy to the World, because uh, I can't imagine what her interpretation of the lyric, uh, Joy to the World, the Lord is come. I can't, understand, I can't imagine she would care for that too much. Um, godless times indeed, Mrs. White, godless times. So Mrs. White, what to get her? Well, there are so many, uh, good, oh, let me quote the, let me quote first. Okay. There, there are so many good ones. Uh, she has some great she does, yeah. lines in this mm-hmm. film. She's given so much, but I chose a quote that I find most chilling. Um, and it's actually, again, in the quieter moments of Mrs. White, she has some big, huge moments. But again, I find, I'm finding these little nuggets and these little kernels and these silent ones the most deadly, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like those farts we used to fear so much as children, <laughs> silent and deadly. Um, <laughs> Carrie has made her little, you know, sit down and don't, and mama, and don't move. Like she yeah. sits her down and she mm-hmm. won't until she leaves for the right. prom. She's yeah. not, she makes her sit down and leave. And as she's walking out the door, Margaret just goes, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. She quotes scripture. And you know, right at that moment. Yeah. She's going to destroy her daughter. Right. Right in that moment. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy crap, that's where she's going. Yeah. And and you so much, you know, don't fear for Carrie because you've kind of seen the power of what she can just do. Yeah. But at the same time, her mother has given up on her. Her mother is, is that she's not even a human being yeah. to her. Mm-hmm. And it's really like the saddest moment in the film, but it's so chilling as well. Um, you know, her, her crusade basically crystallizes in this moment, her religious crusade, and it's just chilling. So anyway, I'm going to get Margaret White. Some clean pillows to replace all the dirty ones that she has in her house. <laughs> dirty pillow? They're brass, mama. Anyway, ah. I'm going to get her some clean pillows. She needs some, <laughs> some of that in her life. Oh, God. That's right, good. So where are you going, Mike? Oh, Maddie. All right. So my next one. Um, how many Michael Myers have we seen, Maddie, in the in the years of all these films? Too many. You know, there's been a lot of- Nick Castle, Dick Warlock, right. uh, George Wilbur. There's been a lot. Keep and this, going. And you could say there's been a lot of poor choices, not even mask-wise, but just- Look-wise. Look-wise and movement-wise and you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's definitely ones that I watch and, and I'm like, that's wrong. It's just so often. It's terrible, you yeah, know? It's not your, not your style. <clears throat> Halloween 5, that mask is just, oh, you know, it's just- Not as bad as 7, but it's close. 
it's it's bad it's bad in the sense that they end four and he's wearing one mask and he falls down that ravine and and that and and all of a sudden he's in the in the water and he's got a different mask on. But anyway, that's the best. Listen to our Halloween four and five commentary, by the way. Yes, please do, please do. Very entertaining. But um, anyway, so my pick is good old Michael Myers from Halloween six. Oh, the curse of Michael Myers, Mm -hmm. which is definitely one of my favorites. I love that. You know, love Paul Rudd. It's climbed its way right up in your list for sure. And you know, listen to our producers cut versus theatrical cut podcast as well. Which some people vehemently disagree with. And that's great. I love that. No, it's good. Michael Myers in this movie, not only does the mask look really, really bad, but there's something about this Michael Myers. Who played Michael Myers in this one? Do you I know? have no clue. I have no clue either. I can't even think of it. But anyway, I think this Michael Myers, um, you know, when they sort of wrote this film, they kind of assumed that Michael Myers was hiding out just eating Twinkies all the time. <laughs> because this Michael Myers has a really big weight problem. To the fact that he's like super bloated, he's got a huge belly, um, he moves a little slower, you know? Um, Does he emerge from that truck from Zombieland with the one that's turned over with all the Twinkies in it? Yeah, I think I think that's it. Oh, that's I great. think he had, you know, just too many Twinkies and ding-dongs and... <laughs> a lot of carbs. Yeah, maybe, you know, hitting up all the fast food places. Could you just picture Michael Myers pulling up to the drive-thru and oh. just throwing the money and, you know, taking some Not some Big Macs or something? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, that's my pick, uh, my next pick. So for, for Christmas for Michael Myers... I would give him the classic VHS tape, um, Linnea Quigley's horror workout tape. I don't know if anyone has ever seen clips of this on YouTube or watched it. Yeah. It's really fun to watch, but uh, Mike needs to get on the treadmill or just do some aerobicide. He needs to work or, on his core. He needs to do something, man, because he is big, dude. It's like somebody took a bicycle pump. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, large and in charge, man. You know, holy crap, he's, that's great. Yeah. Oh my god. So instead of hanging out in that room with all those weird babies in the jars, he should just get out there and uh, and do some workout. You know. Oh god. So that's my pick, Maddie. My oh, next pick. I love it, man. Mm. So. We're going to roll right into um, – <clears throat> okay, so now we're we're kind of hitting the gamut of, of eras and, and different um, decades and things. I'm going to yes. jump right to 2018. Nice. I like it. Um, this bad baddie is Dr. Sartain as played by Haluk Bilgener mm. in 2018's Halloween mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Now, why him? Why Dr. Sartain? Well – Filling Loomis's shoes, Mike, is is positively thankless task. Yeah. You know, it was never going to be easy for anyone. No, no. But Dr. Sartain, this guy makes an impression, okay? He makes it his singular mission in this film and seemingly in life not to stop Michael Myers. No, 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 no. Loomis's Mm -hmm. job was to stop Michael Myers because he knew what he was. Mm -hmm. No, Dr. Sartain's, his mission in life is not to stop Michael Myers. That was Sam Loomis's quest. His, he has no interest in stopping Michael Myers. He seeks to understand Michael (laughs) Not just to understand it, but in a deep way, in a real, real, authentic way. He's a terrible doctor and an even worse human being. Mm. Not only does he not try to stop Michael, he, in my opinion, amidst faint homoerotic undertones, by the way, <laughs> he seems to idolize Michael in some strange way. Yes. Especially if you rewatch this, mm. he really seems to have this like hero worship thing going on. Um, he wants to join his team as like as like sidekick or something mm-hmm. um, to Michael's superhero killing machine, which brings me to the gift. I'm giving Dr. Sartain a new college education, a new <laughs> degree, because I don't know where he went to college or to school, where he got his degree, but his dime store psychology was beyond warped. To you know, His idea of empathy building is to fatally stab and kill another human being, a cop nonetheless, in the name of science, of course. Mm. So um, you see, Mike, only by actually killing someone can you really truly understand what drives, <laughs> what drives them insane, especially Michael Myers. Uh, the quote I have here, and it's a pretty cool one, is um, he said, I would suspect... The notion of being a predator 
where the fear of becoming prey keeps both of them alive. Mm. He's referring to Lori and mm-hmm. Michael Myers. So yep. that was kind of a cool quote. Yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Yeah, let's roll, roll, rolling. Yes. Um, so my next, my next pick is from Happy Death Day, Ooh. which, uh, which I really, really loved. It's, Me you too. know, I love all those kind of fun horror films and, you know, it's funny. A lot of people definitely were not into this movie. You I know, don't I remember, know why. I don't get it. I think some people just want it like super hardcore and they're like, it's not enough gore or whatever, Maybe. but there was so, something so fun about this movie, you know? Um, you know, we've always said we like those movies with kind of twists and turns. I would argue there's mystery. not enough fun in the other movies and there's more in this one. Exactly. Exactly. So my pick for uh, by the way we don't work for Blumhouse just no we don't we don't love their films we don't no we we don't Um, I'm about to trash one in a little bit (laughs) go ahead Um, so anyway Happy Death Day I you know this spoiler alert again you know because this is getting right into it Lori um, who is uh, Tree's roommate. Yes. She is one evil bitch, man. That's, she is. She's a jealous girl. Yep. She's, you know, she's she's one tough cookie, that's for sure. But for her to orchestrate this whole thing, you know, um, and to try to to get back at her roommate because she's jealous of the of the guy. Right. And, you know, it's pretty, pretty evil stuff. It so is. Um, I thought she was a good pick. You know, she's a pretty nasty person. Um, and it's a pretty big shocker when you see that movie for the first time and you find out it's her. I thought it was really yeah. well, well done and handled well, you for know, sure. Um, but trees, a method of one of her, one of her most creative methods of trying to kill tree was a cupcake, right? Which was kind of played into the end, which I thought was cool. It was. Um, so, and she gave, she was made it for tree's birthday. So what I thought made by Betty Croker, by the way, <laughs> God, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what I thought I'd get Lori for Christmas would be another book that I found, <laughs> Uh, from Martha Stewart, and it's um, called Martha Stewart's Cupcakes. Now, here's the here's the the clincher: 175 inspired ideas for everyone's favorite favorite treat. So I thought, you know, she if she wanted to, if tree keeps reliving this day, she right. could come up with 175 different cupcakes that Recipes. she could kill her with. You sure. know what I mean? That's genius. Yeah, I thought that would be good. Yeah, that is genius. So there you and go. That fits the narrative very well too. It does. Oh, I like that gift. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Literally, it, it does. It really does, man. <laughs> really does. Awesome. I think uh, Michael Myers should probably stay away from that book, though. Yes, he definitely does. The one from to. Halloween Six. Halloween anyway. Six. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so my uh, my next one is Severin, and uh, that's Bill Paxton's character. From the other great 1987 vampire film, not The Lost Boys, Near Dark. Oh, I love Near Dark. This film doesn't get talked about nearly much, as much as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill Paxton's performance in this film is priceless. Um, totally unhinged, freewheeling. His Severin belongs on the list for just the absolute joy he derives from the misery of other people. Yes. And how he can cause it. Uh, he's a bloodthirsty, loose cannon. Uh, that bar scene is just something else to see. Um, he's a, you know, the perfect henchman to carry out the nefarious deeds of these this ragtag family of vampires as they tear and bite their way across the night. <laughs> you know, he has a very direct way of engaging in confrontation. He's not very subtle mm. the way, you know, some of the others on my list are. Um, I'll, I'll get to somebody very soon who, who's complete opposite of this. Um, but he's more like the, uh, the, the Terry O'Quinn um, character. Yes. Jerry Blake from mm-hmm. The Stepfather's Big. Um, so he has, a, he has a, d- a direct way of conf- confronting people. He's not he's not subtle at all. Um, the delight he he enjoys and feels, and how he relishes when he has the opportunity to inflict any pain on somebody, it, it's just priceless. Yeah, 
Um, he, you could tell he's enjoying this. So Caleb, when he first gets taken, uh, you know, he, he falls in love with that girl in the beginning. Yep. And then he ends up obviously bitten in the back of the van. Right. Where they decide, oh, we're going to keep him for a week and maybe he'll become us. Or if he doesn't, or, yeah, you know, we'll just, you'll destroy him. So Caleb's like, what the, what's going on? And he's like, it ain't what's going on, son. It's what's coming off your face. <laughs> Clean off. And it's just so great. It is just fantastic. Uh, it's awesome. uh, he's just, it's almost like, you know, like he's Chet, but like yes. way nastier. Yeah, yeah. And even like to the next level. Chet, yes. You know, yeah. nasty. You know, Chet with superpowers. Yes, exactly. Um, so the gift I'm going to give him, I'm giving it, first of all, I'm going to give him a light, not first of all, but I'm going to give him a lifetime supply of sunglasses because <laughs> every scene that he has them on in this yes. film it somehow just completes his outfit and makes him look like this dangerous badass that he. But really he looks is. so cool in this movie. He does There's something he so does. cool about Bill Paxton in this oh, film. He's know? amazing. But yeah. with this, with the sunglasses, it like yeah. it, it compl- especially in the bar when he's like got blood all over him and he's got the sunglasses on. He just yeah. looks menacing and cool and badass. Yes. So anyway, that's my next pick. Can, I got a quick quick question as you were talking. Who would win in a fight? The the vampires from the Lost Boys or the, these guys from Near Dark? This gang, probably the Lost Boys. Yeah, because you know you got but, the I mean, little kid, that the little kid. that kid. I want to die. <laughs> what in was this character's name? When he looks at that waitress in the bar and he tears the napkin as he's looking at her, like, hey, it's like this is gonna be you. Like, oh my god, I hate. that Yeah, kid. I know. Yeah. I hate that. I know. I had a college I roommate that literally would would watch that film and, go, and just the whole time go, when is this kid gonna die? Oh, like, that's so funny. <laughs> but at the end, he does uh, pretty horribly. I think. Yes, he does. Yeah, for anyway, sure. I could stand that kid, <laughs> and I love kids. So anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. You wouldn't tell, Matty. Um, all right, so my next pick is Brenda from Urban Legend. Oh, Brenda. Uh, and Curly-haired I, Brenda. Yeah, and I just, you know, Rebecca Gayhart, you know. Really, Noxima girl. Really, yeah, really pretty girl. Um, I thought she did a great job in this movie. Was she clear as sill? Noxima? Well, she was one of those. Clear as sill? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, love this movie. We've talked about this movie before. Oh, yeah. um, such a great film. I even, you know, dove into the rest of the series and really liked the second one, you know. Yeah, and, you don't own Scream Factory Blu-ray, Mike, do you? No, but no, I'm, you don't. But I'm going to get it. <laughs> you should. It's not out yet, is it? Oh, yeah. It's out? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was November. No, it was November. Oh, shoot. I got to order it. You got to get it's, it. I got to put it on my Christmas list. There man. you go. Um, so anyway, Brenda, she's pretty nasty. Another, another. you know, this is kind of like a theme in my list here is like a girl's jealous. You know what I mean? Yes. She's jealous of, uh, you know, her friend and, um, you know, who she's kind of interested in, which happens to be Jared Leto. Um, oh, yeah. Which his name is Paul. Um so really nasty. I love the kills in this film. You know what I mean? She's really Definitely. clever. I love the costume with that that snorkel jacket. You love it. I do. I love it. I love simple things like that. And I almost thought about giving her another snorkel jacket for Christmas, but I think I have a better pick for her. Okay. Um. So she was, you know, such a good friend to Natalie. Um. And you know, she has this jealousy thing going on. Is Natalie Tyra Reed's character? No, Natalie is the girl. The, oh, oh, the redhead. The, main, the redhead, yep. yes. So Alicia Witt. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, she's great. Um, so instead of the snorkel jacket, which is, you know, that's a practical thing. They're up in, you know, upstate New York or wherever sure. they're supposed to be, right. you know, at that school. New England or wherever they are. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought on a cold, you know, a cold night where she has a fireplace on. Sure. This is paying a little tribute to uh, my bandmate, Jen. Um, I'm going to buy her the whole collection of 30 Seconds to Mars <laughs> because... She's so infatuated with Jared Leto. Oh, she could uh, get a leg up. She could, yeah. A head start. She, she could listen and, you know, listen to 30 Seconds to Mars and, <laughs> and, and think of how dreamy Jared Leto is. And, you know. And when that, did he start that band? It was right after this, right? I then. think it 
I think it was pretty much. Yeah, so. it's not, yeah. but not at this point. No, I don't think so. Oh, that'll be right when witness heart right away. Oh, see, there you go. So she could listen to Thirty Seconds to Mars. Maybe and... she inspired. She could inspire these <laughs> tunes that he would eventually write. That's that could be it too. Yeah. Oh, that's a great gift. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Doesn't don't they have a song called The Kill or something like yeah, that? Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's, whole... a, it's about her. It's oh, about Brenda. Great. Oh, that's fantastic. So there you go. That's my pick there, Manny. So what do you got next? I we're, love it. We're uh, uh, I'm up to seven. You up to eight? No, I'm on seven. Today. Seven. Okay. Anyway, uh, I have <clears throat> Connell Cochran here. Yes. It's uh, played by Dan O'Hurley in uh, 1982's Halloween 3. Love it. Why him? Well, listen, Freddy <laughs> Krueger is notable, famous, infamous child murderer. Okay? Everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. But even Freddy has nothing on this guy. No, you can't wipe out a no. nation worth Cochran's of aims aren't local. They're not regional. They're not Elm Street based. His nefarious plan is despicable on a continental level. Okay. <laughs> This megalomaniac has his bent mind set on wiping out children all across the wonderful United States oh of America. Oh, my gosh. Maybe even the world. Who knows? Yeah. And he's crafty enough and sick <laughs> enough to use their love of Halloween and Halloween masks in particular to kill as many children as possible. Mm. So you ask me why he's on the list. Does, is that not enough? I know. I mean, his idea of the greatest Halloween is a time when the blood of children flowed freely across the hills of the Celtic lands. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this guy? Uh... <clears throat> so the quote is directly tied into that. Obviously, it... Halloween, festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. (laughs) Think of it, Dr. Chalice. Where's your phallus, Dr. Chalice? Anyway, I digress. Um... I give Mr. Cochran as a gift. Um, I'm going to give him the rest of Stonehenge. Because if good old Connell boy mm. can work his destruction with just a small piece of this wonder of the world, imagine what he could do if he had the whole fucking thing. Yeah, that's true. So there we go. That's true. Yeah, give it give it to him all. Give him the whole well, thing. Well, maybe America was the one. So maybe, right, maybe the world all domination. The other, maybe all the space other continents. Involved. Maybe he needs, yeah, maybe get some aliens, you know, kill those little alien kids too, you Seriously, know? Seriously, maybe he'll wipe out the penguins at the North, you know, the South Pole. And, oh my gosh. You know, what a good pick. And that's could, another one to remind people, go listen to our Halloween 3 special, please. Please. Because it's a good one. There you go. And it's quick, too. What is it? 12 minutes? 13 minutes? There you go, Connell. My my hat, my green hat is off to you, sir. Yeah, he's a jolly old... Good, sir. Jolly old kid killer. Um, All right, Maddie. my next pick is from another one of our favorites that we will, you know, I'll be watching pretty soon, coming up next month, uh, two months from now, My Bloody Valentine. It's Axel, our good old buddy Axel. Axel, Mr. Neil Affleck. Yeah, so go listen to that podcast. That's an early one, Episode three. Episode three. Damn. Going back, Maddie. Yes. So nice interview with uh, Neil Affleck. Neil Affleck. Yes. Um, So um, 1981, you know, gave birth to this amazing 80s slasher. Um, I love this film so much. We've talked about it, you know, a lot. Um, it's so awesome. It's a holiday theme slasher. Like what gets better than that? Right. Like it's just so much fun. Um, I look forward to watching it every Valentine's day. So our boy Axel Neil Fleck is such a passionate guy who loves his holiday of, of love. Um, after his killing spree through the whole film, you know, we've got a lot of great kills in this one, the dryer, which is one of my favorites, you know? That reveal is awesome. Uh, we leave Axel heading back into the mines, right? Yes. With that o- ominous laugh. It's kind of like a crazy laugh. It is cool. Um, wearing his headlamp to lead the way. And then he kind of disappears. So for Christmas, I would give him a huge pack. You know those packs you see at Costco? You yes. Know? A huge pack of AA batteries so he can keep that that headlamp going so he could just stay <laughs> in those mines forever. Because I just picture him still down there. Still down you know? there laughing. 
they, they could make a sequel today. They and could. It would, he would just come out, you know, like oh. he finally came out. So, uh, so there you go, Axel. Some batteries for you. So Wait, you, when you say came out, you mean from the mine? From the mine. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. That's no, I don't. To, I don't think out, he's gay because he's okay. He was passionate about uh, what's her name, that girl, you know. So I think he uh, was. Yeah. So I think he's he's dreaming about her in the mines, but he needs to light the way with some some batteries to keep that headlamp going. So that's my next pick, Manny. <laughs> some batteries and a headlamp. Oh, good old Axel. I love it. Yeah. So my next pick is John Ryder. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Rutger Hauer's character from 1986 as The Hitcher. Mm-hmm. This this guy. Why mm. this guy? This is the guy I was talking about that is the polar opposite of Severin, Bill Paxton's mm. character. Yes, yes. And all the bigness of Terry O'Quinn's character, um, um, Jerry Blake. Right. He's so skilled in the art of terrifying someone quietly. <laughs> He's the antithesis of the huge, larger-than-life, screen-chewing characters that tend to litter these type of films. Um, every word he says is calculated. Uh, his cold, steely looks his and sly, malicious grins. They're subtle little landmines that spell imminent violence and destruction for anyone. <laughs> uh, Rutger Hauer's blue eyes, they're malicious oceans. They're always watching, always waiting, anticipating your next move. Jim Halsey, who is the C. Thomas Howell character, uh, his character's nightmare is all of our nightmare. It's our collective nightmare. Because we all know that our own version of John Ryder, who represents evil, our own version of him, is lurking somewhere just up the road, waiting for a ride. Uh, my quote, Jim asks him, what do you want? Way in the beginning. It's like in the first five minutes. Right. <clears throat> when he starts to realize so quickly. it doesn't. It's not like C. Thomas Howell finds out it, like over time. He finds out in the first five minutes mm-hmm. who this guy really is. So he goes, what do you want? And John Ryder goes, I want you to stop me. <laughs> How great is that? That's awesome. I mean, what more do you need? You don't know, need some great. big burly quote. Yes. I mean, that's just beautiful. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so good. Um, I'm going to give him the gift of uh, several changes of clothes. I'm going to give him some a new wardrobe. Okay. I feel like John Ryder already looks like a homeless guy, and if I don't help him clean up a bit, he could just end up as the Rutger Hauer character from the hobo from with a shotgun film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he just could, I, it seems to me he would end up as that guy if I don't give him some change of clothes. So I gotta, I gotta help him out in that regard. <laughs> so there you go. That's a good one. Good one, Maddie. All right. So you ready for this podcast to come to a screeching halt because I'm about to throw down something that's going to be controversial, Maddie. Are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So from the latest Halloween film, 2018, we both had something from the latest Halloween film. We did. Holy mackerel. But it's going to be pretty different here, Maddie. Who's the bad guy, Mike? Well, that's not Dr. Sartan. I'll tell you who the bad guy is. Okay. And a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me, and a lot of people are going to agree with me. Okay. The bad guy in this film is behind the scenes, and it's David Gordon Green. Ooh, David Gordon Green. Okay, Matt. So here we go. Director of the Pineapple Express. Mm. Director of George Washington and all the Pretty Girls Mm -hmm. and all those films. So this past October, we went together to see the latest Halloween. We did. Okay. We walked out. You liked it. Yes. And I didn't. So I'm breaking the rules a bit and not going with a character from a horror film, but a person who made one. So my choice is David Gordon Green, the director of 2018's Halloween, for ruining the franchise. Wow, that is powerful. I have so many problems with this movie. Um, One of them, just to mention, is the opening. It's way too long. Okay. I don't like the whole podcast thing and, you know, leading up to that. They could have cut out 10 minutes of that film. Got into a kill, boom, moved on. Um, I know what else you don't like about it. Okay, what? Showing that's him my, that's as an old man note. all the time. Showing him without the mask. Right. Showing the side of his face, showing mm-hmm. his eye. I don't want to see any of that. That's not my Michael Myers. Okay. Um, 
The other thing that drove me insane was the camera staying with Michael Myers, especially in that one scene where they're, they're walking all the trick-or-treaters. And he walks inside the house. And yes. I, I believe like I love that, the huh? atmosphere of all that. Dude, I dug that, man. But I don't want to be with Michael Myers. That ruins it for me. I want him to be in the shadows. I want him to come out of nowhere and, and scare me. I have a theory. Holy shit. What's your Something theory? just illuminated it at this moment. What? You're not the biggest fan of Halloween 2 either. And in the beginning... You're, You're with, with him, him yes. crawling through those back alleys yes, and into the, the Elrod's house. Holy shit, that's, dude. That's it, Maddie. It's the same thing. God I guess, damn it. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. Dude, I have to just... I'm, listen, I, we, <sighs> we agree a lot and we love each other to I know, death, but I'm, do. I do disagree. I, I know I, you do. And I know you do. I, and listen, I, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I, I didn't want to see him that much with the mask off either. No, I kind of do agree. It ruined but it for I, me. I really think they're at one point they're humanizing him to kind of get the audience in this comfortable mode that he kind of is this human being after mm-hmm. all. And then kind of just be like, revert back to, no, he's a freaking killing machine. It doesn't yeah. matter that he's a human being. Like, he, he has super, he's superhuman somehow. I know, but he's human. Like, he's human in he this is. film. And that it drove me nuts. I'm like, that's not, I, I don't want to see that. I want to see, I, you know, like, if, like I said, if they cut that beginning down, where maybe they showed him for a second and he gets You didn't the like the end, the whole part with the end in the house with Laura. I mean, that was phenomenal. I don't know. I but they staged that, that really well. Yeah, I don't know. Even though the dummy stuff reminded me of the, the store, um, the, the story I know, and I know we did last, last summer, summer yeah. a little bit but I still thought it was really well I don't done. know man by that point I was so checked out and I was so annoyed see that's know? the thing you you didn't make it to the end well I did no you did but you were you were checked out though yeah halfway out yeah. the door anyway yes um, so you know I, I know people agree with me because uh, Bailey who's watching our live stream is 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 saying that you know he's not human and she's agreeing with me so okay. Matt we got people out there that, oh, that totally. see it my way oh we absolutely do listen this is this is the Michael <clears throat> this is Mike Boylan across from me here my buddy in the podcast mm-hmm. this is his Dr. Sartan moment boy, <laughs> folks boys and girls listen to me very closely Mike is the guy who is all love yeah. he's the guy that Will picked in, in the fan episode because he's such a nice unassuming mm-hmm. complimentary guy Mike has just become Dr. Sartan he killed <laughs> what he loved to try to understand it yeah. better. Folks, do you understand what's happening here? Yeah. This is like total psychology, right? I mean, it this is, is. It this is. is deep. But it's 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 like, it's so bad that I remember you were wow, like, oh, I, I can't wait to buy it. I'm like, I would never buy this movie. And I, I'm a huge look at, you know, you watch our live stream, you can see my collection right there. Dude, I love is... owning films, but I do not, do not like this film. Holy so anyway, so for David, I would give him my favorite book on directing. It's called <laughs> On Directing Film by David Mamet. Um, and maybe maybe after he reads this, maybe his next film will be decent, you know? Wow. Yeah. That, there you go, folks. There it is. Yeah. So here, I like the movie. I don't love it. I really mm-hmm. like it, though. I really do. Okay. There's a lot I like about it. The, thing that, the one thing that bothers me mm-hmm. is the whole lead up to this film, your biggest conceit and what you talked about was you were going to do a Halloween film that only takes place in the world of the first movie. Right. So then for you... To referentially slap me in the fucking face with a dude carrying a radio, yes. trick-or-treating, yep. the mm-hmm. Halloween 3 mask. Your reference, every one of those references are from the freaking sequels that you're purporting are, don't exist. Yes, I know. That's my problem. I know, and that is kind of annoying. Now, yes, they had the sheets billowing. and the there was, That was a great scene, that yeah. scene with the girl and her boyfriend. No. And they had using the sheets. That was so well done. I mean, I loved all no, of that. No, I love the visuals. But then the Elrod, you know? all the tributes, most of them are from the second movie I and know. up. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I am like really perplexed. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. You told me I wasn't supposed to right. think about anything. It was only the first film that's supposed to exist. Then why are you going reference, reference, bitch slapping me yeah. with all this other stuff? I, I just, other than that, mm-hmm. I'm fine. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. I dig it. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that too. That drove me nuts too. It was like, why? Like, it just felt like it was like they sat and watched all the movies and were like, we'll just put this in there. We'll put that in there. It's like they were trying to just, you know, fill the fans with, you know, like. They were, and they satisfied a lot of fans, I think. I think somewhere though in there is also a really competent, pretty well made film. Well, they satisfied you, Maddie. That's for sure. I guess I'm just, I'm just, I'm just easy. Awesome. I'm an easy lay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am going to on to we're 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 at the penultimate here. Yeah, we're getting towards the end. Mrs. Carmody, and you detest this movie. Mm. Mrs. Carmody from The Mist, as mm-hmm. played by Marsha Gay Harden. I still hate you for making me oh, watch this movie. Oh my God, Mike hates me. I'm surprised we're still doing this. I'm surprised this podcast was born at all. You know what's funny? Literally, my- we could have been, we could have been f- not friends over this. My, my son Mikey asked if The Mist was a good movie, and I said no, and you're never watching it. Really? I was like, you cannot watch it. Oh, dude. Yeah, but anyway, continue. Um... So why? Why Mrs. Carmody? Well, she starts out as this meek and strange, yeah, very strange, uh, yet harmless citizen of this town. Mm -hmm. Um, And she turns into a full-fledged, Bible-thumping, pulpit-pounding zealot. Her increasingly intense scripture rants, they turn a crowd of concerned neighbors, really, and townsfolk into bloodthirsty cult of hate mongers who turn almost unwittingly on their fellow man in this store. Uh, She goes full-on Jim Jones. She's converting the naysayers into drinking all the freaking biblical Kool-Aid that she provides as religious refreshment. (laughs) All right? Scary, scary good performance. The line I love is Lori Holden is in the bathroom, and she goes, I'll tell you what. The day I need a friend like you, I'll just have myself a little squat and shit one out. (laughs) How freaking great is that? Oh, my gosh. That is a great line. Oh, that's awesome. I'm getting Mrs. Carmody, a patch kit. (laughs) I'm going to try to plug the gaping gunshot wounds that will bring her miserable vessel to its very inevitable conclusion and deserves conclusion. Expiation, Mrs. Carmody. <laughs> Expiation. Great. Great. Awesome. All, All right. right. What do you got? All right. So my ninth pick, we're getting to the end here, like we just said, is Lou from Prom Night. <laughs> You gotta love Lou, man. You gotta love Lou. So a year before My Bloody Valentine came out this gem, um, and there's so many great characters in this film just because it's like that early 80s, the disco thing, including our favorite Slick, right? We love Slick. Slick. Slick's awesome. But the best in this film is the tough guy Lou. You know, I would argue that... Although Alex is the killer in this movie, you actually kind of feel bad for him in the end, right? Like it's like yeah, there's know, there's definitely some empathy, motivation, there. family Not empathy, motivation, but sympathy. For yeah, sure. definitely. You know when he's crying at the end, and you know, make it stop. he's got the the weird makeup on his lipstick, face, which I still don't lips. understand that. But anyway, yeah, he's, well. he's, he's being a sister essentially. It's very much a dress to kill mm-hmm. Norman Bates kind of moment. If yes, you think about it, it is definitely. Um, but I would say Lou is the real villain in this film. You know, he's a womanizer, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think he's, he would be mooch. He would grab somebody's balls. I, like, he, he would. He would be, he would that be guy dirty too. like that. Yeah, he would be dirty like that. He would just grab sure. a package to try and get your attention. Oh, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's also a bully. Um, and some could say that he saw Carrie too many times, stealing the, the ending of the film. For sure. You know, what he was trying to do uh, to ruin the, the dance moment and the, you know, the king and queen moment. Um, so the best part about Lou is the behind the scenes story about him filming this scene, the actual actor, um, where his head is cut off and it's sitting on the stage. Yes. So Lou is under the stage. That teacher's, that teacher's reaction to his head is the greatest. Oh, it's great. So go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Lou is under the stage, you know, and you know, makeup department makes it look like his head there. He's so scared that he acts that 
have someone hold his hand under the stage, right? That's Isn't amazing. that what? That's amazing. I think that's still so funny. That is amazing. Because you think of his character, he's like this real tough guy, and then the real person is like yes. too scared to. Yeah, so it's damn, not like his head good was. Actor then, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, he but sold, he sold us on the tough guy. Yes. So I just think that that story is so funny. But Lou is the biggest prick in this film, uh, for so many reasons. Um, so anyway, what do you get of the biggest prick in the world that loses his head? Um, um, a big condom. No, nah, big condom would be good. You could kind of wrap his head up and you know, kind of keep it you know, while you take it to the hospital to reattach. But I'd get him a really big tube of crazy glue to reattach his head and get him back on the dance floor so he could boogie. All right. So, Lou, there you go. So, Matt, we're down to our last pick of our Santa's Do horror naughty dance. list. Do a little dance. Mm-hmm. Glue on your head. That's it. Get down tonight. Boom, boom, go, Lou. Boom. Um, So what do we got for your last Speaking of beautiful buffoons, I am going to the burning. I have this guy. I have have Glazer. Yes. Played by Larry Joshua from the burning. Why Glazer? He's prone to fits of anger and overacting. Let me, um, have you this name Glazer? Like, Glazer. That's like a name you can't I love write. The way Jason right? Alexander Glazer. Yeah, like you can't write that name. No, it's perfect. It is perfect. Sorry, I interrupted and, you. Uh, by the way, uh, one of the Weinstein's wrote that name. I fear because they wrote the oh. screenplay, so I don't know. Um, he's the he's you know he's prone to fits of rage, and he he's the resident tough guy of Camp Stonewater. He really has it in for this kid Alfred, who's uh, Mark Ratner from uh, Fast Times. If anybody doesn't know. Mm. Uh, let me tell you something, right? <laughs> Stacy, can we came over to do our math homework? I'm in the wrong film. I'm sorry. The Tones. The Burning, <laughs> right? Put on side one of Led Zeppelin four. I was my I was Mike the Moan one year for you uh, were for, for my, my I, Halloween I had that party. Scarf, yeah, you man. found that I still scarf. Have it. I still have the keyboard. Oh, that's scarf. great, dude. We you should be him again, something. dude. I should. Yeah. Uh, mostly, um, he has it in for this guy Alfred. Most because Alfred peeped on his girl Sally while she was taking one of those early '80s softcore showers. <laughs> oh my god! The way they filmed that in slow motion. Yes. Oh, it's like the it's the Carrie dressed to kill shower. Oh, it's, it's great. So pornographic. Um. Anyway, he flaunts his brawn and his impossibly small bathing trunks. Um, all over Camp Stonewater as he threatens to flatten all who are smaller than he is. Um, apparently in the nether regions as well. Um, we'll find out. After tons of pressure, Sally finally relents and consents to have relations with this mongrel. Um, the least he can do after having sexually assaulted poor, adorable, doe-eyed Sally for half the movie, the least he can do is treat her right when they finally do copulate. Mm-hmm. Only we know what happens, Mike. <laughs> Premature ejaculation. <laughs> that's why. Sally. That's why I'm giving Glazer a copy of the Kama Sutra for Christmas. Nice. Maybe he's he'll finally learn to back up his big freaking mouth <laughs> if he doesn't get arrested for, for sexual assault or killed first, and he'll learn how to properly please a woman. Mm. Um, hey, 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 Sally! <laughs> can, can I really eat out your ass, Sally? Oh my You mean God. that? You can trust me. I dog eat a bunch of pages, Sally, in this Kama Sutra book. It's going to be real good. Oh I promise. Gosh. He's I ridiculous. Promise. So my quote, of course, Mike, and I've said this before, my quote mm. is, what are you staring at, you little fucking weirdo, huh? <laughs> look, I'm warning you. If I even catch you looking at her, I'm going to tear you up so bad, your own mother won't recognize it. You dig? Oh my God! That is my quote from Glazer. I love it, dude. From the burning. He's he's great, man. He's Enjoyed that Kama Sutra, Glazer. Yes. So, Matt, I'm going to finish this off with a film that's coming out pretty soon, right? We just saw. I think the cover art was just announced from Ooh. the Craft. Oh, on on Blu-ray in February. Yes, or it's March, I believe. Uh, March. I yes, think. it is. Yeah, March. it is March. Um, but my my 
choice here is Nancy. Um, Nancy is one crazy, crazy girl. She's sort of, you know, uh, she's like the true villain of this this 1996 classic. She is the ultimate mean girl. Yes, she is. Who runs the show in this witch click? Um, you know, talk about quotes is when the bus driver drops him off. Yes. and he says, "Watch out for the weirdos." And he said, <laughs> See, "We are the we, we are the great, weirdos." That, that's a great that. quote. It's great. It's awesome. Um, she's a lot like you. Yes, dude. Soundtrack wise, time. oh, soundtrack of this movie is so good. Um, my favorite scene is when she transforms into Sarah to seduce Chris at the party. Oh yeah, and they're in bed, and you know, uh, oh, that's fantastic. And then she gets so nuts with revenge that she sends him out the window, uh, and you know, it's to his doom. Um, but by the end of the film, Nancy is like slowly losing it. Right? She's oh, like yeah. she's taking the power in of whatever. What's the 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 god's name i forget it's um, it's, it's intense yeah the so she and everything all that crazy yeah it's nuts and she's trying to take in everything and she's got the all this power and she's just slowly losing it um and th- that last scene in the in the house you know what i mean it's oh, so yeah. creepy you know there's some really good scenes there but she's totally lost it by that point um so she completely loses her marbles and what I love is we last see her in the psych ward and she's strapped to her bed repeating over and over, I'm flying, I'm flying. <laughs> so for Nancy, I would get her a gift certificate for unlimited therapy sessions to kind of bring her back down to earth. You know, she's up in the clouds. She's yeah. really lost it. Let's bring her yeah. back down so maybe she can be a good witch again someday. Wow, you know? dude, that's very cool. Yeah. But I love that movie. Like the it's clouds so of the credit sequence. Yes, exactly. At the beginning, right? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Listen man. to the... yeah, Oh, good. yeah. Tomorrow that's... never knows. Turn off your mind. Relax and float down. Oh, the soundtrack's so good. Go listen to that soundtrack. It's amazing. So, yeah, man. So, Matt, this is uh, this is nice. You know, it's a nice little holiday episode for everybody, and you know, I'm psyched to be doing this with you. And oh man, always, always. This is this is super fun. So. What do you got planned for the holidays? Anything, anything yeah, exciting? Family, family time, man. Uh, some time off from work. Just yeah, chill just, out. Just relax. Hang just out with running the all the time, man. Just just to relax a little bit. Good for you, taking man. Some, taking some horror. Yeah, I know. I definitely some holiday horror. Like, yeah, I got to just throw in the Blu-rays and laser discs and my VHS tapes and watch some good horror. Totally, man. Got to yeah. slip it in and listen to that one tune, that little, what's the verse? I'm dreaming <laughs> of a black. Christmas. Oh, that's great. Just like the ones I used to watch, <laughs> where the tree tops glisten and the sorority girls listen to a psycho heavy breathing on the phone. Go watch Black Christmas, will you? Yeah. For God's sakes. Yes, it's so good. So that's what you do if you find yourself alone in the dark, by the way. Do it. Yeah, that's it. Well, Maddie, this is great. What Do we know what we're doing next? We don't. But we will be back. I think we've talked about a couple. Well, of we have tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we'll uh, and we'll get to it. We'll be back. We promise, guys. We have lots of goodies. We won't be gone as long as we were gone this time. Hopefully, you'll miss us too much. I know. We don't want you guys to miss us. But please, please write us a review on iTunes. It takes two seconds out of your day. Please, we're at ninety nine. Like, get us over a hundred, and I feel like at that point we'll kind of snowball and go downhill and. We'll uh, have tons of reviews, but please tell your friends, grab their phones. If you have kids that have phones, iPhones, grab theirs and yeah, give us a just review. Just do it. Just do it, please. It really helps us. We're begging you for Christmas, please. for our Christmas present, from you guys to us. Give us a review on iTunes, please. We would really appreciate it. 
Well, that's it, Maddie. So happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to you, Mike. All yeah, the, all the Maddie, love to our listeners, man. All happy the love. holidays to you, Maddie, and to happy you and holidays yours. to the listeners. And we will talk to you guys soon. All right. Peace out. Take all care. right. Take care.